From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Benker Show, where men and women are equal in value but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week as we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives on men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. So as you guys know, I'm doing far more solo podcasts these days and having fewer guests on, but somehow it worked out that you're now going to hear three guests back to back, beginning today with my daughter, Emma, who joins me to talk about texting, sexting, and mainly social media. Just a really quick intro about Emma. Um, I love being the mom, I have to say, of young adult children I think that that's such an underrated pleasure of being a parent. It's just been a complete privilege to raise my daughter and son. And you move into kind of a new phase at this stage. They'll be 22 and 19 shortly. And it's just a, it can be a really hard relationship for a lot of parents because it's the time when you have to sort of back off and not parent so much, but just more befriend them, I guess. And Um, watch them grow. And and sometimes that means making mistakes and whatnot. So it's just a harder phase, but I like it. (laughs) I'm really enjoying it. And we just, we've literally just begun this, this phase. And um, I just, I just can't say enough about it. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Emma. She is quite the smarty pants, um, just one of the top in her class in high school. And she went on to get a chancellor scholarship. So a complete full ride from, um, her college. So that was just a huge boon for us financially, needless to say. Um, and of course a wonderful tribute to all of her hard work because she really worked her butt off. Um, Emma is also as lovely inside as she is outside. And, and that's what I'm most proud of to be sure. And, um, she can be a very idealistic girl. (laughs) Um, and, and in fact, speaking of which, uh, she, she said at the end of this episode that she would come back on to talk Enneagrams with me because she's fascinated by that. And I kind of got into them from her, with, especially with respect to how our personalities af- affect our relationship, our romantic relationships or just relationships in general, which I thought of that because I just said she was idealistic and that's just a part of what makes her, her. And, um, we, she and I are very, 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 very different personality wise, which doesn't or hasn't thus far, um, hurt us at all in our relationship, but it's a really unique piece of it for sure, because it's weird having a daughter who's so different from, from me. Um, but at any rate, at least in terms of personality, our, our, you know, outlook and values and all that are the same for the most part, but, um, just personality wise. So without further ado, I introduce you to my daughter, Emma. I have with me my beautiful daughter, Emma, who's 21 years old and a senior in college. Welcome to the show, Emma. Thanks, mom. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to see you. Yay. I'm very happy to be here. Okay. Everyone's going to love this. They're going to be just, just love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. This is so fun. So let's start with just telling everybody a little bit about you and what, where you are and what you're studying and what your professional plans are and all that good stuff. Okay. So I'm a senior in college at um, Texas Christian University, which is in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, If no one knows where that is, 
It's a bit west of Dallas, so North Texas area. Um, and I'm studying early childhood education. So my goal is to graduate in May and I will be teaching somewhere next year. That is yet to be determined, <laughs> but I will be teaching elementary school somewhere next year after I graduate. And it's interesting that they call it early childhood education because when I, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm also an education major, although I taught high school. And it, when we, when I was in school, they called early childhood that reference to like, I don't know, K through three or something. Not even, I'm not sure, but it was separate from elementary ed. So you're really, I think of you as like being elementary ed, even though it's called early childhood. I am elementary education. I don't know why TCU does it that way. I mean, technically I'll be certified through like starting with early childhood through sixth grade. So that's why they call it that, I guess, but it, it is elementary. I mean, that's what my certification yeah. will be. So. And I found, and you said that today you got your, your, um, what do you call it? It was called practicum in my day. My field placement. Your field placement for the spring. Mm -hmm. And yep. it's going to be first grade and fifth grade, right? Yes. Yes. So the way they do it at TCU is you split it in half. Um, they do this for elementary, not for secondary. Um, they give you time to experience different grade levels. So. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I think you're yeah. going to love first grade. I really I'm do. very I'm excited for grade. first grade. <laughs> What's that? I'm very excited for first yeah. grade. Yeah. Yeah. Remember how much you loved your first grade teacher? Oh, my mm -hmm. God. You were like I the went to her wedding. Student. You did go to her wedding. What was her you name? Did. Miss McLaughlin. Miss McLaughlin. Oh my God, you're obsessed with Miss McLaughlin. You're like, I'm going to be the first. <laughs> and lo and behold, here we are, 20, yeah. almost two years later. Oh my God. Well, no, not 22 years later. I guess you weren't mm -hmm. in school. You weren't in first grade when you were one. Maybe 15 years later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions, personal questions, and then, and then we're going to get to what you're here to talk about. Okay. Okay. So I think people want it, will want to know, what's it like being my daughter? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an interesting question. Um, I guess it depends. In some ways, no different from being anyone else's daughter, I would imagine. Um, the work piece has definitely been interesting for me, uh, even more so than my brother, because I tend to be very um, non-confrontational. I kind of like to go with the flow. Um, so that's definitely been a factor in having you as a mom versus, you know, anything that my friends would have dealt with or would have known. It is very different for sure. And very, I do often, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I do often say that, that having you as a mom, I, I don't need to listen to your podcast. My life has been your podcast. I know everything you would ever say. So there's no reason for me to tune in because people ask me that when they, when they find out about what you do, they're like, well, have you read her stuff? Uh, do you listen to it? Do you read it? And I'm like, well, most of the time, no, <laughs> because I kind of know what it, it says anyway. You did read the Everyone's alpha book not. really fast. You, I gave you that. I and did. You read that like in, a, in, in, I don't know, two hours. Well, but that was different later. than your other ones because it had more anecdotes about you and your life. That's why I read it. Yeah. You know, like I would, I would probably not pick up flip side for no. any reason. Right. Right. Um, yeah, and I've actually I've told people um, who listen to this podcast that I, you know, I purposely kind of kept you out and separate over the years from what I do specifically for that reason, um, because I, I, you know, because it is weird enough to have me as a mom, and I didn't want to add to it by being um, more uh, visible. I guess is the word. Then I would say it's weird to have you as a mom. It's just that the work piece 
is That's an unusual I mean. factor. Yeah. And it, and it has pl- come into play at times throughout um, maybe high school. I mean, I did, it didn't affect me as a kid. No, it was more in high school, I guess. And maybe mm-hmm. middle school that it started to be, you know, people would ask me about it. I don't know what to say. I'd rather them not know sometimes because I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't want to know what they think. Well, and <laughs> at, the time that, at the time that you were younger teenager, it was more political. When I wrote, mm-hmm. when I wrote the website of feminism, yeah. that was that. Yeah. And of course yeah. that's all changed in the last five years. So it's feels sort of moot right now, but, um, but yeah, right. I do remember. Yeah. Okay. So I've titled this episode, Suzanne talks, sexting, texting, and social media with her daughter. And when I first made that title and sent it to you, you said, well, what do you mean by sexting? And then I gave you my thoughts on it. And then you said, well, I think it's a little different. So let's clarify for everybody what sexting actually is. We're not going to get too much into it, but um, I thought it sounded good in the title. So let's touch upon it. Oh, are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you because you, oh, you okay. said, I, I forgot what I said it was, what I thought I it was. I thought you were going to say what you, your definition. Because well, oh, when I asked okay. you originally, I was saying, are you talking about like in the context of a relationship, like a serious relationship? Or were you talking about, you know, like sending nude pictures, like yeah, outside that's of the context of a relationship, which right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't define as sexting. That's not what I would call So sexting that. is supposed to just be sending your spouse or significant other sexual innuendos on your phone, on your text, which is not, which is not sending nudes outside the context of a relationship. I don't know that that has a name, but if people are, if people are using that term, I assume that they mean in the context of a relationship. Okay. So let every, let the, let's, let's go on the record then where I've said, okay, there's sexting in the title here, but actually I guess that's not right. The right word. So, cause when I get into it, eventually I want to talk about it in the context of sending out nudes and, um, uh, you know, being really stupid about taking your pictures and sending it out for the world to see, which is just colossally dumb. So uh, that's what I, that's what I meant when I used the word. Okay. okay. Then, yeah, I don't know what the word would be for that. I mean, that's okay. the closest thing, I guess, but that's okay. not how I would use it. Okay, well, we'll come back to that. All right, so I want to hone in on social media's effect on young people and girls in particular, not because they matter more, but because they are the ones, by and large, who spend a lot more time on social media than do boys. Mm-hmm. And boys they're are more much- affected by it. Even yeah. if the boys spend just as much time, they're not going to be affected in the same way. No, so what are you seeing in your world? with respect to this issue? Um, you mean now as like a 21 year old or do you mean as an adolescent more so? Um, let's start with now. And then I want to go back to when you first got your, when you first got a phone and what, you know, what the stipulations were with it. We'll get into that in a minute, but tell me okay. now in your world now as a, tw- as a senior in college. Um, I would say it can be pretty all consuming. I think that just relates to, I mean, we've just grown up with it. And my generation is the first generation to really grow up with it, um, which is kind of scary in a sense that, you know, when we were in middle and high school, it wasn't quite as intense, especially not middle school. You know, it was just starting like Snapchat was just starting to be a thing. 
Instagram was brand new. And I remember on Instagram, we would have these accounts and post pictures of like flowers outside and our pets and random quotes of things. Like it just was completely different from the way that it's used now. And even when I was in high school. So it's been a bit of a transition, I would say, from the beginning of that. And so, you know, when I really think about it, I get concerned more so for for middle school girls now because they're using it now the way that no. I'm using it now and not the way that I used it then. So even for right. me, who's, whose life has been so impacted by this, it's not even as extreme. No. <laughs> it's more extreme just every year. Um, and so now I would say it, I, it can be pretty all-consuming. I have days where it's hard for me to put down my phone. Um, and I'm someone who focuses really easily. You can attest to that. I've never had any issues staying focused. I'm not easily distracted. I can study listening to music. I can read listening. Like I can just hone in and my brain kind of tunes everything out. I'm a good focuser. Um, my phone makes it hard to focus and it's easy to just pick up all the time. And it's not like I'm looking at emails as much. Like I do text a lot. I do text a lot, but typically when I'm distracted doing work, that is not what I'm picking it up for. Um, typically, it's for Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, things of that nature. Um, so if you really think about how much time the average person my age spends on social media, it's kind of overwhelming. Um, it, and it was a gradual thing because when you... Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I, I keep saying... I mean, I think the last couple of years I've said to you and... Henry, that I can't, I can't even fathom, and you guys are going to have to deal with this when you have children, having phones in the first, what, 12, 13 years of a child's life, which we did not with you all. I mean, phones were a non-issue growing up. So I, I, I just, it boggles my mind to think about what you're going to do. I mean, I know you'll handle it well, but still, and maybe by then, I don't know. I don't know what will happen by then, but I just can't imagine having to contend with that while you're raising small children. Yeah, I mean, I do think about this kind of a lot for someone who has no children and will not in the near future, but I do think about it a lot because I, I mean, I work with kids all the time. Mm -hmm. I tutor, I babysit, I'm going to be a teacher. So I'm around kids constantly, Mm -hmm. kind of all the time. Um, And for people listening to, I've had this consistent tutoring job for the last two years. I've kind of dialed back a bit this year just because, senior year is insane trying to get all my testing done and whatnot. But, um, for a while I was there about 11 hours a week mm-hmm. tutoring, um, elementary school age children. Um, all of them had phones, smartphones, not just like fun. I mean, no one has, you know, an old flip phone the way that we would have had anyway. They don't really exist. They're pretty mm-hmm. much obsolete except for maybe, you know, older people maybe, mm-hmm. but even then pretty obsolete. Um, so that was surprising. I mean, not surprising. I expected it, but it's it's still weird to see. It's strange yeah. to look at, even yeah. if you expect it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think about it a lot because I think of myself, you know, and my experiences with it. And I worry not so much if I have sons, because again, I don't think it affects them the same way. Um, body image is, which is not to say that it cannot, because it definitely can. Um, but body image, especially, you know, for girls ages 14 to 18, I mean, even 14 to. Yeah. I mean, every time you see an, every time you see an image of somebody uh, showing, using social media or taking pictures of themselves and especially with some sort of sexually seductive way, 
it's not going to be a boy. I mean, I don't think I've seen it yet. I'm sure no, they do. Often. I don't know. Maybe they do, but I've never seen it. No. And well, the thing that I worry about more for girls, it's not so much what their their peers are posting. It's it's what you see of celebrities and models. Like that's what really affected me in high school um, and in middle school. I remember it. And, and now, I mean, it, it's, it's a big issue for girls. I mean, I'm still young. I'm still growing up, you know, finding my place and it's just impossible. And sometimes I think about, I pay, I try and picture, you know, if I'd never had this, like you wouldn't even have anything to compare it to maybe magazines. That's the only thing mm-hmm. I could think of for you. I don't know what you would say well, about that. It's that it's yes. Yes. Except that the difference is in the number of images you're exposed to mm-hmm. in an average 24 hour period. Right. That's what I mean. In like, my day, a magazine, you might pick it up once a month and look at something. I mean, it's just, right. that's no what period. I mean. Like that's the only thing I can think of that would compare mm-hmm. for, you know, young girls growing up. That's the only thing I can think of that would, and even at that time, I'm sure the images were also different. Um, and I know we had a conversation about this. I don't know when this was, but I remember us talking about, um, or you said something about how people today want to be toned versus just healthy in terms of like body image. Oh yeah. Like everyone wants abs and like, Uh and like to Uh be really toned Uh versus just to be healthy. Uh And that is also something that's coming straight from it's coming from advertising, but it's, it's mostly coming from social media. Like mm-hmm. you see, and you know, at 13 and 14, I was constantly staring at these pictures of, of Victoria's secret models and, and celebrities and, and people I looked up to too, at that age, you know, like not necessarily models, but actors and actresses and TV shows you watch people that you look up to and their Instagrams are like, I mean, you just, it's just not, it's not even attainable for a person living an average life. And of course you think in this case, especially for models and celebrities, like their job is to be attractive. Like their job is to be fit, but like the average human, that's not their, your job. You want to yeah. be healthy, but your job is not to have abs and five pounds of makeup. Perfection. It's, it's not the your job. Right. Fake, right. Fake perfection. So, cause it's not realistic. So no. what, um, in fact, those models that you see, like their, their job and their life is to get that way. So if you had no work, no school, no kids. Like if your whole life was literally just getting right. beautiful, every everybody could really do that. Well, that's honestly. what I mean. It's their job. The yeah. average person, it's not their job. And in their case, um, I don't know. It's just hard to explain. It's their, it's their job. <laughs> so, so, so Erica Komisar, which people who listen to this program will know, cause she's been on here several times and I talk about her a lot. And I know that you and I have talked about her as well. And I've sent you some articles and you love her. Two, um, she had an article the other day at the Institute for Family Studies called "Social Media Isn't Going Away, But Parents mm-hmm. Can Equip Children to Resist the Harms." And the highlights were basically she focused on the adolescent girl's brain being particularly susceptible, like we're talking about, um, mm-hmm. to demand for perfection and to the harsh criticism. So the longer that you can delay it, the better. And that the best thing a parent can do to protect their child is to help them cultivate emotional security. And you and I have talked about this a lot. And a foundation of healthy self-esteem before they reach adolescence. So, in other words, her argument is that it's not going away, right? Mm-hmm. We know that. So, mm-hmm. so how do you inoculate your kids from these draining effects? 
And her argument is, as I said, to be physically and emotionally present from birth through adolescence and being aware of their challenges and de-emphasizing achievement and emphasizing connection and -hmm. relationships. And you and I talk about this all the time. So what do you feel like, um, like, do you feel, I mean, how, how do you, how does this stuff affect you compared to some people that you know? I mean, can you tell a difference between, um, I mean, what makes one person struggle more than others, I guess. That's From what you question. can see. <laughs> um, I think everyone struggles um, to a certain extent, just in general anyway, regardless of how secure you are, be- just because of the sheer amount. Number. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. sheer, I mean, you're inundated. Like I, I wouldn't describe myself as someone at this stage of my life who has, um, you know, crippling issues with self-esteem. I would say probably in middle school and high school, but of mm-hmm. course that's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as normal to be debilitated by it in your twenties, I would say. Mm-hmm. Although of course everyone is insecure at times. That's human. I mean like crippling mm-hmm. levels of it. Um, and I think still as someone who is fairly confident, it's still, it's so, still a lot. Like I still get overwhelmed by it. Sometimes I have days where I kind of just want to take a break. Um, it, there's just so much media coming at you all the time. It, it's, it's just. So what it will be your solution for it then when you have kids? I mean, do you agree with um, Erica's points here about how to, how to inoculate kids from, or do you feel like it's a losing battle or do you feel like you just have to omit it now until a certain age, which is another recommendation, by the way. Um, um, what will what will you do when you're a parent? <laughs> so obviously I can't say for sure, uh, but I have thought about it. I do agree with Erica's points. Um, I think the most important genuinely is that you, you need to be able to regulate your own emotions to a certain level um, and you need to have been supported as a child. And I think, I think a lot of parents, I think this is an easy mistake to make because, and of course I say this not as a parent. So, <laughs> but I think an easy mistake to make is you're not, thinking about, you know, the preventative measures you want to take, mm-hmm. you're thinking about the here and now. And I can imagine as a parent, there's so much going through your head all the time. Um, you're so overwhelmed. You're not going to be thinking, oh, how can I do something right now to serve them in five years? Like you're trying to serve them in the right. present day, yeah. you know? So that's, that's something that's probably not very intuitive. I don't think unless of course, I mean, as a parent, I'm sure it is intuitive to provide, you know, um, genuine general support and praise where it's due. Um, but I don't know. I don't think a lot of people are as verbally, um, what's the word? Affectionate's not the right word. I don't know. People don't always say things. Yeah. Expressive. Yeah. They're not, they don't express themselves verbally as much as they should. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's, you don't think, you know, a six-year-old needs to hear that she's pretty, but, but she does. Mm -hmm. And same with boys. This works both ways, you know, children need to hear that they're smart, that they're capable, that they're, you know, handsome and and pretty. Like you need to hear those things when you're young. Um, And I think it can be hard too. I think a lot of, I think maybe a lot of people in my girls, particularly in my generation have heard their moms criticize their own bodies, um, go on diets. She mentioned Um, that in this article too. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That really stands out to me. Um, and not just that, but how you use, how you use phones as a parent, mm-hmm. not just that end of it, like what you just described, but also because if you're addicted, your kid's going to be addicted. 
Mm-hmm. You know? And because until until they get to that point where they are on smartphones, they are on social media, which will happen, um, you are their only model. Other than maybe, you know, TV shows they watch, movies, sure. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you're the most important model and you're what they're going to take the most from. So if you constantly hear your mother talking about, you know, how she's fat or she needs to diet or she wants to lose weight before this thing, you know, as a kid, as a girl, you're going to look in the mirror and, and talk to yourself the same way because your parent is your model for how you talk to yourself. It's your model for your perspective. Especially your same parent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's really important. I think the hard thing is, and I actually do feel strongly about this is again. So like you said, and like Erica said, social media is not going away. Um, and it's important. I do also believe that it's really important that um, especially middle school, I think is really what I'm thinking here. They need to feel like they belong. I think that's a really big thing for middle and high schoolers. Um, and I think social media and being able to be in that world with everyone else is important. There's no hypothetical scenario when, where everyone stops using social media. So if everyone's going to use it, I think like as a parent, I think I would give my child probably a phone around the same time that I had a smartphone, which would be in seventh or eighth grade. Um, but there would be discussions before that. And ideally they would have that support ahead of time you know, that they should have had leading up until the age of 14 or whatever, that they, they need to feel like they're part of that world. It's just that they also need to be given the tools to navigate it. And they need to be given tools to, you know, learn that there's a time and place for it. And there's also a time to kind of set it down, <laughs> take a breather and do other things. <laughs> One of the biggest things that bothers me about, and this is, this is especially true for dating. And I don't, I know you've never used a dating app, but maybe, you know, people who have, um, the face altering filters that mm-hmm. people use to show who, you know, what they look like before they've ever met someone. And then you meet them later and, Oh, you don't exactly look like what you presented. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think that's so problematic. There's a term for that. Oh, what? It's called catfishing. Oh, that's what that word is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I have yep. face altering filters. I'm giving the actual. Mm-hmm. literal yeah, it's called cat explanation fishing. catfish oh that's catfishing okay mm-hmm. see that's why i have you on dear <laughs> catfishing okay so so hello like what i, I mean it's frustrating just thinking about cuz you know it just didn't exist in my day you know you met someone face to face and you were what you were what what is your experience with that not personally but from what you see around you um yeah i don't have personal what? experience with that i don't know um many close friends who, you know, frequently use dating apps and I don't think, yeah. go on dates. With it. So, I, I mean, I know about it. Check back in a few years when they're in the real world, right? That's how, I Probably. mean, they, I mean, yeah. that's, that's the, that's the big thing with college is I have what 4,000 potential guys, you mm-hmm. know, they have, you have 4,000 potential. Yeah, you don't have to deal with that now. Whatever. You don't need to typically, cool. unless I know people will go home for long periods of time, maybe use them then, uh-huh. but if you're in that environment, it's not as necessary. I think that's definitely a lot more prevalent once people graduate and it's 10 times harder to meet people. 10 times harder. No question. And speaking of the catfishing, this is kind of similar, although it's not for dating purposes, but there was this article in New York post the other day that this, this parents were up in uproar because picture re picture day has this retouch trend 
you mm-hmm. know, which has been around since I was young, where you would just like, if there was a blemish, let's say, oh my gosh, you had a zit that day, they can like make that go away, which is completely reasonable. But now it's, it's moved into like moving, removing things like freckles. And in one case, a hearing aid from someone, which yes, I was angry reading that article. I yeah, was not happy. I was not I. happy. Um, like imagine was- someone removing your hearing aid for your, I like it makes me cry just thinking about it. That's who that oh, person is. Well, and it's and it's teaching them that there's something wrong with yeah. having a hearing aid. Like there's something wrong with you. We need to oh don't don't let anyone know that they have a hearing yeah. aid. You know. Meanwhile, everyone yeah, anyway because, knows that's like re yeah. re formatting. I mean, I, I don't know yeah, I don't know. yeah, no, that upset me. Um, and so that, that made me think of catfishing, although I didn't use the word catfishing, but the same concept, but for younger people and yeah, not well, for purposes. But catfishing, in a sense, though, is 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 deliberate from the person whose picture it is. So that would not be described as catfishing because those students had no hand in that, and they weren't no. doing it for a purpose yeah. that was someone else. Um, yeah, the retouching makes perfect sense. If, you know, say you had a scrape on your, on your forehead and, and you had picture day, you know, that, well, that's something that's going to heal. That's not part of you. So that's right. fine. Yep. You know, as it, I would be, especially yeah. in high school, I, I love yeah. the retouching. Take off so those I wanted. Yep. Yeah, I, that's what I wanted, you know, but, but, but freckles and freckles hearing oh aids. I mean, come so this mom on. gets back this picture of the daughter with freckles and then she could opt for the one without freckles. So she looks perfect. I mean, talking about perfect freckles is part of your face. You look perfect. I know. The way oh, it makes me cry. It's awful. It's just yeah, awful. that was upsetting. Anyway, that's kind of a side thing, but I just read that the other day and I thought about what we were going to talk about. So I thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's move on to texting. Okay. What do you think is good and bad about texting in a relationship? And before you answer, you should know that I've gone on the record to say that I think texting at the beginning of a relationship is a no-no. And when I say the beginning, I mean like mm-hmm. the first couple, like the first couple weeks you're with someone and you're just getting to know them and you're trying to do it over text instead of face-to-face or on the phone. Mm-hmm. Not, and, okay. not you've already established a relationship and you're texting all the time. That's fine. But like at the very, very beginning, relationships cannot start or get off the ground via text when you don't know the, hum- the other human. <laughs> so are you referring to when you're not, officially dating you're just you met someone you're Correct. talking to them you don't right. know if you're going to be in a relationship yet yeah you know you're definitely not in a relationship yet you're you've just okay. met and you're talk and you're asking the other person out on a text and you're trying to just communicate via text when you don't know the person to in order mm-hmm. to get to know them or even to go out with them asking them out that way or whatever whatever and i, I take a harder line than you will i know because you know this is your world or whatever but that's that's my feeling on it well, I mean, if I'm thinking about your life, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't, I still wouldn't know the the proper context, but you would never have texted in the beginning stages of a relationship ever. Would you, you mean, have? I mean, did I have it? Well, you know, I didn't. No, it didn't exist. I didn't have it with, my da- with your dad, 23 like years it, ago. Like it existed when I was alive. Like it didn't oh, exist right. prior it to did, me being it, born. It, no, right? it did not exist when I met your dad. It didn't exist. Right. So you oh, never would exist. have had that kind of experience. Like your only experience texting in a relationship is with dad. And that's, you know, you've been married right. <laughs> and had right. children. That, that's that's what we do so, now. Yeah. So that's, that's convenience. That's not, yeah. you know, getting to know you or 
establishing a relationship that's correct to work together no i'm fine once you're, once you're in yeah i'm talking about no the i was very, just very thinking because i have people be like what well, this guy texted me to ask me out is that okay and i'm like no you say hey i want to if we're going to get to know each other, I have to see your face. I need to talk on the phone or whatever. You have to, it's not going to work over text. There's too much room for error. And it's just not, it's, it's showing a lackadaisical effort in my, in my opinion. Like if somebody, even though it's a way of life now, and I agree that somebody needs to tell them that because if you grew up with it and, and you're right, it matters about, it matters whether you grew up with this from day one and nobody kind of taught you or said, Hey, now, this isn't a good way to communicate when you're trying to date someone. If you've never heard that, you probably think it's just normal. So you need to have someone point it out. It's not like you're doing anything evil. It's just, it's not a way to get it off the ground. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So I would have, I, I do get what you're saying. I might have a bit of a different take just because I grew up with this. Um, I don't personally see anything wrong with texting someone to ask them out when you don't know them that well, just genuinely just to ask them out. I definitely agree that texting in the beginning stages of getting to know someone can really make things here's what I'll say. It puts expectations on a relationship before it's even started. If you're waiting constantly on a text from someone, you're already holding them. Like you already have an expectation that you're supposed to hear from them before you're even dating, which makes things kind of complicated. And also from my experience and from the experience of, you know, friends and people I know, um, the same way, you know, you might have thought of, you know, I've sat by the phone waiting for it to ring. Mm-hmm. It's like you're waiting on a text, but it's it's all day. It's not like you're sitting one night. He said, oh, I'll call at seven. Right. And you're sitting waiting by the phone for him to call at seven and he does or doesn't. It's like all day, all the time. You're yeah, like waiting right. for a text right. back. So it's constant. And that can be really draining uh, for sure. Um, I think in the context of today and, and my world, texting to set up a date is not that big a deal. I also think it makes people more comfortable sometimes when you don't know someone as well, like to just call on the phone. But again, I am saying this coming from someone who has never gone on a date with someone she didn't already know. I have not ever had, I've never gone on a date with someone that I hadn't already met or been at least a little bit friends with. So in that sense. You haven't experienced it. Okay. The myth, look, just the misunderstandings alone. Just think about the misunderstandings in trying to communicate that way. You're trying to read, you can't see facial gestures. You, there's so much nuance in communication that involves your face. Um, mm-hmm. uh, pauses. I mean, like if somebody pauses on a text, for example, you're like, oh, what's he doing? What's she doing? You know, like. Just yeah, like, I mean, you're a thousand percent like right. You're a thousand percent right. Most of our communication is through body language anyway. That's how we read people. Um, I Texting is hard because I'm a big texter. I text a lot. I love texting. I do it constantly. Um, that is not to say that I don't think there are disadvantages to it because there definitely are, especially in a relationship. I think it can be really helpful and I think it can also be really hurtful at times. Um, it is not like a, it's all good or all bad kind of tool, I would say. Um, because in the context of a relationship, you're right. Like you are missing those it's 10 times easier to communicate face to face with someone, which of course is why I like FaceTime. Um, especially being apart for a while. FaceTime is great because you're not just talking on the phone. Like I can see you, I can read your face. Mm -hmm. Um, I love FaceTime. That's a big thing for my generation too. I don't know most people who would call me on the phone over FaceTime me unless they're in a rush or in somewhere where that, that wouldn't be. It's also a thousand times easier to cut off your relationship, the ghost or whatever, I guess is what you call it. Mm -hmm. Ghosting with text that would not Mm -hmm. have existed in my day. 
Well, I mean, that kind of that kind of gets into dating apps and um, what they're used for and texting because it it can have several purposes because it's so. um, I don't even know the word. It's it's easy to get away with things. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like you, I mean, I mean, I'll just the first thing out of my the first thought I'm having right now is so you don't have to develop courage because it Mm -mm. takes courage. To mm-hmm. look someone in the eye and say, "Hey, you're a great person, but this isn't a match." That and is just- one thing. That is one thing I will say. Even just in general, even outside of the context of a relationship, I would say about my generation that I am also plenty guilty of um, is that it, it it allows you to not have to have the hard conversations if you don't want to, and that's that's even outside of the context. And, of and how's that going to work well for you long term? No, it's, it's, it's not, I don't think that's the most constructive thing <laughs> in that sense. I think it allows you to see, and then that's good and bad. Like in some cases, if you have a terrible experience, especially dating, you know, say you ha- you go on a date, he's nice or whatever, but it's just yeah, horrific. True. Okay. Like yeah. you don't have to like call them up and be yeah. like, okay. Hey, you can kind of avoid, especially if they're creepy, you can kind of be like, you know, slide away from yeah. easy. So in that sense, it's good. Um, again, it's all, <laughs> but it does allow you to avoid confrontation. Um, I think that's something that my generation has a really hard time with. I don't know many people who, you know, have confrontations with friends or, uh, with friends mostly that would have them in person and sit down and have a serious conversation. I know a lot of people who, with whom it isn't possible to have real conversations about something kind of uncomfortable. Say that last thing again. I, said, I don't know of- many people with whom I could have a serious conversation about something uncomfortable, something that oh, yes. someone did wrong, some kind of <laughs> resolving kind of conversation. I don't like those conversations. I tend to avoid them. I think that's pretty human, but I'm very capable You grew up around them. them. You grew up around I did, them. I did grow up around <laughs> them. So they are, in a sense, not entirely out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, I'm capable of having them. You I just, just wouldn't bring it. You just wouldn't start them. <laughs> no, or or all unless you had to. Worth right. if it's worth it to yeah. me. I'll right. Say, oh well, if that's a small thing. It bothered me. It's not worth talking about. Or you know, I want to have a conversation about this. I will if I really have to. And a lot of people I know won't, even if they really have to. Like they will just avoid it, and they can, because they can text and be like, hey, never mind. Or you just don't have to have real face to face if you don't want to. Um, and it's hard to argue over a text. <laughs> speaking of but all this, it. yeah, it is all this lack of authenticity and this filtered version of who you are and fake shots on socials and all that. There was another article in the Wall Street Journal the other day that talked about the new first date. <laughs> um, and it was suggesting that people present themselves in their purest raw form and just show up for their first date in sweatpants with no makeup. And I immediately thought of my daughter, Emma, who loves to put on makeup and dress nice. And I wanted to know what you think of that. Um, you know, I think if that that's if that's something that's authentic to you, go for it. If that's how you're most comfortable, I mean, who who am I to I don't care what you do. It's not how I'm most comfortable. Like I'm genuinely I like doing makeup. I like getting dressed up. I find it fun for one. Not just most obviously sweats are most comfortable. But you know, I feel like my best self when I get up. Because I know sometimes, you know, especially even during quarantine, 
I would like put on makeup for the day and do my hair. You'd yeah. be like, what are you doing? You're not I going know. anywhere. I'm I like, know. well, it, it's not for anyone else. It's for me. Like I like it. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel confident. It, I'm comfortable this way. It's not, if you're comfortable in sweatpants, I mean, go for it. I don't know that. I'm not I mean, sure maybe, that would make a great first impression. That's the only that's thing. That's a bit of an extreme. I would say maybe if you don't, if you don't normally wear tons of makeup, don't wear tons of makeup. No, like that's, that's not you. That's true. Um, Maybe don't show up in your sloppiest outfit that you could paint your house in. But just, I mean, like just to prove that this is you in your pure form. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I see. Like, I don't know. about. I, mean, that, I try but, not to even do that now as a married person. You know, I can get really slovenly if I wanted to. And I guess I do sometimes, but I try not to. I don't well, want to get also too just comfortable. shows a bit of like a, in a sense, I think that can be a bit careless because it, it, it's you showing up saying, you know, you better take me this way or else. Yes. Like, yeah. It, it's yeah. like, I don't care to get nice yeah. for you. And like, if yeah. you're really going to be in a relationship with someone, like you want someone to sometimes put in some effort for you. I think everyone deserves that um, regardless of gender. You mm-hmm. deserve someone who's going to put in some effort for you. Uh, so that doesn't really put the best foot forward. It's saying well, I'm going to be like this always and you better just be okay with it. <laughs> so from what you've experienced, what would you say is the number one problem young women today have on, on campus? I mean, I should say have when it comes to dating and relationships, like what, what, what's going on there that you're seeing? And just for the record, everybody should know Emma's in a long-term relationship. So she's happily attached. Um, and I know you have some friends who are and some who aren't, but I mean, just mm-hmm. in general, what is your, what, you know, what goes on on campuses today? What goes on? Mm-hmm. Um, With respect to that. That's also a loaded question. It I would say that there's a lot of factors involved in this. It's not a simple, like, this is what's happening. Um, I think it can be disheartening sometimes. I think there's an element of, it's weird because you you would think that in, a world with social media where it's that's so prevalent and image is such a strong factor for our generation. I mean, everything is about how it looks um, that you would have higher standards. What do you mean? You would have higher standards for how someone treats you. Um, oh. How, you know, like if, if you are really focused on image and how something looks like, why would you accept something so I'm not sure I see it's like okay I'm here I'm trying to think of how to describe this it's like everything is about how it looks everything's about your image um so everyone's desperate for attention in that sense you'll accept whatever attention comes your way um and I don't think people really realize the messages they're putting out agreed that that correlates a lot with social media because again, remember how I, I mentioned, you know, you're going to model, you, you, these things have been modeled to you. This is just normal. Mm-hmm. So I don't think when girls are posting on social media, they're thinking, oh my God, like I want all of this specific attention from boys. Mm-hmm. Like I want to look sexualized. Like I want to look like this. They're thinking, oh, this is what boys find attractive. Like mm-hmm. this is what yeah. I've seen and this yeah. is what I have to do to look right. good. Like, and I've been, now here's- it, it gets me too. So it's not. So and then here's where I'm going to push certain kind of attention. Uh, here's where I'm going to push back on you and say, does, despite all of that stuff, I mean, it's not necessarily pushing back, but all the stuff that you said about social media, all true. I get it. But I, I firmly believe um, that parents are simply not getting down and dirty 
and helping to put this stuff in perspective so that those folks know what men and women want and need. In other words, well, I don't think the parents even know what men and women. That's assuming that they all know. Well, okay. All right. Or it okay. might be intuition. You might know, but not know how to articulate it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that, maybe more so that, but I don't know. I just, I, cause I feel very strongly about this. You know, that used to be that mothers passed on to their daughters, how this thing between men and women works, right? What men are like, what women are like, what men need, what women need. Um, just that whole male female dance, and God knows you got a, a boatload, right? An earful mm-hmm. more than you wanted, probably. I think most so, people got none, though. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, think, and that's I don't think parents have these conversations. A and B, I think if they do, they're they're not. It's not like here's what to do. It's like it's like advice that's kind of vague in a sense of like it doesn't provide you with any direction, you know, or or advice without explanation. But it used so, to. It used to. This is really new, Emma. This honestly. Okay. This really well, I mean, new. that's. I'm not yeah. saying that it's not. It's just like I've never had that experience with that, and I don't know many people who would say that their parents sat them down and had conversations like that. You have experience with that. What do you mean? You just said I don't have any experience with that. With I don't me? have any experience. No, with other oh. people. People I know. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. are the experience with that. Not most people I know and their yeah. families. Uh, it, well, it's just. It's frustrating because I might seem out of the ordinary for your generation. I I hear that, but I I really am am not out of the ordinary for most other generations. I mean, this was the norm. And I think in that case, I think, I think you're underestimating the power of social media and how, how much louder it is than the voice of your mom. How much um, louder and, and more overwhelming it can be. Yours just will get lost in the shuffle. Not yours. Yours could never get lost in the <laughs> shuffle. <laughs> but I mean, okay. I don't know. I just feel like there's more to it than that. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm overlooking. I mean, why do you know what you know? The, why do you, why did you not fall prey to um, thinking that boys want certain things or whatever? Well, I'm not it's, saying I, I haven't ever. Like I'm saying I, you think about it. Like, even if, even if I've had your voice, like you think about it still because it's so prevalent and there's a part of you that's like, well, it would be easy. You know, it's easier. It's easier and more rewarding. Humans are about instant gratification, not about the long Mm -hmm. game Mm -hmm. and everything about what you would say is a long game, not instant gratification, especially, especially for someone under the age of 25 everything is about instant gratification you want it right now and you want what you want and the easiest way to get attention is the way that social media has told us to get attention Mm -hmm. um and it works you know in terms of if that's what you're wanting it works it's just that i don't think people really know what they want or they don't understand that that's not how you get it so then they're just confused it's like well i did everything i was supposed to do i looked how i was supposed to look why don't you like me and it's like this is from a girl's okay. perspective. So how does this all play into insecure attachment and, and going back to Erica Komasar and what you're seeing among your generation with respect to insecurity? Cause we've talked about that a lot. And I know that you feel strongly as strongly about that as I do, because we're both teachers at teachers at heart mm-hmm. and we know and understand the importance of those early years and, and what goes on there. Um, I think this connects back to what we were talking about as far as avoiding confrontation 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think something big for my generation, as, again, this also connects to how it's image focused. It's easier to not be vulnerable. It's easier to not have real conversations and the instant gratification you might receive from something more casual, even if that's not really how you feel, is easier than opening yourself up to mm-hmm. something serious. It is terrifying mm-hmm. to, to be serious with someone because, because hypothetically, you know, they could change their minds at any minute and, and you're, you're what heart, I mean, being heartbroken is a part of life. It happens. Um, but that's scary. And if you've never been given the tools to handle your own emotions, that's even worse. So it's easier in a sense, even if that's not really what you want in the long run, it's easier to have casual relationships with someone to receive instant gratification. You know, that'll hold you, that'll hold you for a while. It really will especially in college when there's also so many other things going on in your life. College is really hectic. Um, Serious relationships are a lot of work just in general, especially in college. So I think the insecure attachment piece is like, it's 10 times easier not to be vulnerable. And if you have that kind of attachment, that's what you're opening yourself up to with something real is being vulnerable and having to have real conversations, um, having to owe your time to someone else. Um, you do understand now what, I mean, there, while there was, there were people who struggled with that in my day yeah, for sure, but it was not the norm. Like this, the is, idea, no, this is the norm. This is the yeah. average person that I know. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to put it in perspective and saying like, it was not considered scary. It was welcomed to have mm-hmm. a relationship. That was, you, you, you didn't run from it and you didn't struggle mm-hmm. with vulnerability. I don't mean nobody did. I mean, it wasn't the yeah. norm. That's all I'm saying. No. So something's happened in a generation. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you also, I think there's also the fact, this is, I mean, this could be a whole other topic, but social media does more than just, it, it creates mental health issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my, my generation is depressed and anxious mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. exhausted. Mm-hmm. And, and that adds to it. You know, like you're not, those things add to this. They're not, do you know what so I'm how saying? do you, how do you, what, why wouldn't this necessarily hit a wall where people start going the other way by the time you have kids? How do you, you know, like, well, it, it could I mean, look at smoking. It was once very hip, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's taboo. You're practically going to get your head shot off if you try to light one up. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it'll go away. I mean, there's, there's fluctuations and that's just how the world works. You know, culture fluctuates and and what's acceptable and what's not. I mean, look at what was acceptable in 2002 versus now, Mm -hmm. you know, like things change really fast. Um, I'm not saying I think social media will go away. No, Um, not go away, but, but I think people will get sick of this kind of relationship. I think they already are. Um, and it's just not, I mean, the amount of people I just see like crying at parties, you know, you get too drunk and it's like, well, why is he not talking to me? Or he hooked up with someone else or, it's no one's happy with it really or the few people i know who are are you know seem more content in it i think just hold their emotions in better it's not like it's really serving i mean i can see how on a short-term level again with that instant gratification factor it could be fun you know it's fun to it's fun sometimes people everyone wants attention it's fun to get dressed up and go out and get some attention that's like normal and healthy it's just that that's not like an every once in a while thing. That's like your life. And that's what your entire weekend is focused on and what you're, I mean, 
my friends and I have had conversations before because we find this funny, especially in, you know, a Southern school, I think TCU in particular and schools in the South, especially ones that are heavy in Greek life are also a lot more image focused than um, maybe Northern schools, smaller Mm -hmm. schools, schools that are not as focused on Greek life. So I am speaking from a very specific point of view. I would say when I am talking about this, it is, it is 10 times worse here than it would be, you know, if I went to, I don't oh, know, it totally is. Everybody should know. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, okay. I was going to say just just to put it just so for context, Emma's. You know, the Southern schools are very; they're just more status conscious and more um, focused on outward appearance. And I went to school up in Boston. You know, I had my grubs on. It was not. I was not putting my face on every day. Um, you know, you threw your hair back and went to class. It was just a whole different ball. And I think that's more typical than what you experienced. So. Sorry. Um, I wouldn't say that. I think there's, I think, I think Greek life and big sports and oh, Greek that life. is a very typical American yep. college experience. I think that's normal. Um, it's just that here, I mean, Greek life again, as my, you know, and I'm in a sorority, I love it. Um, but there are problems with that too, as well. That's very image. I mean, that's mm-hmm. image focused in the sense of like, they will cut you if they don't think you're cute. Like to a certain extent, they want you, they want to put on a face. They want to look good. Um, and what I was about to say in terms of, you know, my friends and I always think it's funny. We sometimes would forget to take pictures. We had this problem. We were always like, okay, tonight we're going to take better. We're going to take pictures. Like we're going to think to take pictures. And we always forgot because we were just having too much fun. But I know, I know a lot of people who they will spend like two hours before an event. Like they'll come early and just have like giant photo shoots, which I get like you want good pictures. I like having good pictures and that makes sense for formal. You know, you go take pictures and you go to dinner, but this is like, it's a normal weekend night. You're just going out and you spend an hour mm-hmm. and you're not your at house the event taking, because you're so busy no, showing the world. Right. What you look like you're not actually attending the event. Right. And I, you know, I want good pictures too. I want good memories from college. Um, when I get them, I post them. And if I don't, I don't, if I don't like them, I don't like them. I'm not going to sit there for two hours before literally everything I ever do or everywhere I ever go just to make sure I get a picture I can post once a week. Do you ever wish there was no such thing as social media? Mm-hmm. That's a hard question because it's hard for me to picture a world without it. True. You know, I can't, I guess. Yeah. I guess sometimes. Yeah. Do you ever wonder what it was like? Do you ever think about it? I do like think what, about what it. What that must have been like and like go through the details in your head about what that would mean for your life. Yeah. There's this one. This is kind of random, but it's on topic. There's this one TikTok account that posts videos of um, like high schoolers in different time periods. I don't know where these videos are from or who they're of, but it's just like random videos of people, you know, in the hallway and at lunch. And it's like in the 90s, <laughs> even the early 2000s. Um, and it's weird for me to look at those and people in my generation to look at those because they're dressed so like comfortably and like no one's like done up nice. No one's holding a phone or anything. Like they're all like mm-hmm. sitting at lunch talking to each other. They don't seem shy about the camera. That's another thing. They're like totally comfortable with someone filming them on this, whatever, you know, whatever recording mm-hmm. device it was, but they're comfortable. And I read the comments of those sometimes. Mm. And people comment things like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Like it would be so nice not to have phones or like, they're Mm -hmm. so happy being filmed. They're so genuinely comfortable. They're fine. They're talking to each other. 
no one seems to care that hard what they look like. Obviously, of course, every school had issues. It was a different time period. It's like an idealized vision of something. But it is strange to see videos of that and not. I mean, when I picture my high school lunches, like we're all sitting around. We did talk all the time and laugh and lunch was great. But we always had our phones with us. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. All throughout high school. Like I can't. It's weird to think of just not having it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I do think about it. And I have seen videos that kind of put things into perspective. It's, it is a nice thought. Um, but I do like its advantages as well. And it's just, of course, I mean, what are I mean, you going to do? Here. It's here. No, it's here. It's <laughs> yeah. here. I was just wondering. I never asked you that before. Yeah. Okay. So this is totally random and side point, but you know what I was thinking about earlier? Enneagrams and how you mm-hmm. turned me on to them and how much we love them. <laughs> I'm wondering if you want to come back and talk Enneagrams. Yeah, I'm, I love Enneagrams. I know you do. They are the most accurate personality tool that I've ever come across. Yeah, I know. We can tell everybody what everybody is in our family and, and mm-hmm. have, kind of have a fun fun time with that. Okay, yeah. good. And then I'll ask people if they have any questions for you because I meant to do that. And totally forgot before we did this recording because I thought people might want to ask you some questions. So maybe we can do that next time. Yeah, sounds good to me. Okay. Thanks for coming on, Emma. Thanks for it having was me. It was, it was fun. It was really fun. Nice I'm to see you. I'm happy to come back. Awesome. Okay. We will set it up. All right. Awesome. All right, darling. We'll talk to you All soon. Right. Okay. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. And that ends this hour of the Suzanne Venker Show. Before you leave us, I'd appreciate it if you'd take one minute to give us a review at Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use. If you've done that already, or if you can't leave a review on your podcast player for some reason, please consider sharing the show with a friend or a family member. Word of mouth is the primary way we get the word out about the Suzanne Venker Show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.